today at all guys woo! let me tell you let me just tell you this episode i'm really trying to just like be objective but mm, it's making it hard for me not to hate watch just saying uh we're gonna do a little bit of housekeeping first and foremost and then we'll jump right into season three episode two of the other way testing trust um shout outs to Olivia, Vanessa, Trisha, Sandra, Carol, Trina, Danielle, Rebecca, Marianne, Nia, Ray Della, Linda, Brianna, Donover, Anchor FM, Crystal, Nicole, Amanda, Jalisa, Angela, Judy, Beth. I appreciate you guys. Without you guys, these shows wouldn't happen. Support the show. Thumbs up wherever you're watching. That's helpful. Bottom of your screen, you can see where you can support the show. Shout out to the live chat. And um, listen, okay? Just listen. I don't know what's going on with Jenny, but she's lost her damn mind. Like, she's lost her damn mind. So you're going to be a Harry Krishna now, Jenny? You're going to be a Harry Krishna now. That's that's where we're going with this. After all these years, you're just going to go on national TV, run amok, act a fool, and think that we're just all going to be like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Anyways. They open up with Jenny saying, fuck you, Samit. Yeah, exactly, Jenny. You should have stuck with that sentiment for the rest of the season. So I'm never listening to you again. I'm booking my flight and leaving. What does he have to do? Oh, baby, 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 baby. Open the door. I'm not opening the door. She opens the door. Tells her to calm down. He's still wearing the COVID lanyard, which, you know, right away tells me that he's a fool, but you know, potato, potato. She says she's gonna fly out. She's gonna go back to America. It's over. I should never have believed you. Really? You met him as a catfish. You shouldn't have believed him back then, 10 years ago. But oh, here we are. So, He's like, calm down, baby, calm down, calm down. The pandemic was not created by me or my parents. So it's not my fault we can't go to Nepal. Um, that's not the issue, okay? The issue is you could fix this. You could fix this for all of us and immediately move on to happily ever after. Why are we still in the pre 90 day phase, which is pre 10 year phase when you could just marry her? You're a grown ass man and I get culture and I get tradition. I have African parents, I get it. But at some point you need to stand up. You're He's what, 33 now? You need to stand up and just be like, hey, I'm gonna make my own decisions about my life. And if you're not gonna make a decision and you're just wasting Jenny's time, which I have been saying for the last little while, he's gonna milk her for the last great years of his her life. He's gonna turn 40 and be like, mm, I want a family and go have babies and remarry and it's not gonna be Jenny. That is what I think, because we could fix this. We could fix this. Just marry her. Oh, no, but your parents are never going to own. 
okay, but just marry her. But you have no intention of marrying her, even though you've told her over and over again, bought her a promise ring last season. Promise ring means you promise to marry them in the future. Garbage. It's all nonsense. He even says that he's made a ton and a ton of promises to her that he hasn't kept. He's not sweating bullets though, because he knows at the end that she's not going anywhere. So he's supposed to fly to Nepal with her, but the borders are closed. Plus he can't go because his passport got taken by his ex-father-in-law. What have you been doing this whole time? Go get a new passport. Oh, it's because you never intended to go with her. You want her to go on her dime, go to Nepal and come back every six months and call it a day. And then you said you would pay for her tickets every time. With what money? What job do you have? I'm curious because you both don't work. So you're going to pay for it with her money and then say you paid for it because that doesn't make sense to me. So he says, I want to be with you. I love you. Well, if you want to be with her and you love her, then just marry her. If you, if you are saying all that, then just marry her. Right? I what's the problem here? You love her and you want to be with her, marry her. End of problem. She can stay in India forever and be with you forever if that's in indeed what you want. But I don't think that's what you really want. And all of this is hoopla. Hoopla, 10 years of hoopla. Like I, It's like, I don't know if you guys watch Love After Lockup, but it's like that Anissa lady who waited 11 years of her life for some dude that she met like one time that ghosted her like two times and she's given him 50,000 of her dollars. Like, stop the nonsense. It's just nonsense. <clears throat> so... She says she's going back to America because she was promised marriage. And she's like, do you ever intend to marry me? No, Jenny. No, he doesn't. I know it. You know it. You've known it for some years now. You've gone there like four times. And every time he doesn't marry you. And every time he tells you he's going to marry you, he doesn't marry you. And oh, by the way, he got married. So he's not, he's not against marriage. He got married behind your back, still dated you. And had you come over while he was dating, while he was married, and had you come on a national TV to make a fool of not only you, but him on a national, international reality show to find out that, oh, by the way, he's married. So it's, it's bizarre to me. So she's like, do you ever intend to marry me? And they've decided that they're going to go see an immigration attorney. Now, here's the thing that, that was a killer to me. She finds out that, remember last week I was talking about the email that she got from the embassy? Like, there's no em embassy that's sending you an email. And then she tries to say that she reapplied. So from last week to this week, who knows what the time frame was, but it couldn't have been that long, that she got approved and it was a clerical er error. What embassy do you know for all my travelers, including myself right now, what travel, what embassy do you know that sends you an email that tells you, oh, you're denied your visa tonight. Oh, but it's a clerical error and you just reapply. And then they send you an email back saying, oh, everything's great. And you're approved. Bullshit. I call bullshit on that. I don't believe her for one minute. They did not send her an email to her Gmail account. No, no, nope, nope. Nope. Anyways, apparently she's approved. So now she can like breathe a little bit better. 
visa is re-renewed for another however long and she can she can stay in India. But just in case, they're gonna go see an immigration lawyer to find a permanent solution to staying in India. The permanent solution, Jenny, is to go and get married. If your man of 10 years doesn't wanna marry you, it might be time for you to just cut the cord. Come back to wherever, America, wherever, go go to Nepal, go to wherever you wanna live and live your best life. Cause this is not your best life. You're, you're looking foolish. It's kind of ridiculous to me. So, they go to the immigration attorney, they explain the situation. Immigration attorney says, do you want to give up your American citizenship? She's like, no, because I don't want to give up my benefits. Plus my kids are, are in America. And like, why would I give up my citizenship when this dude right here doesn't even want to marry me? That is the, the only smart thing that Je I've heard Jenny say in the last little while. Like, doesn't make sense to me. Okay, well, if you don't want to give up your citizenship and your boyfriend of a million years doesn't want to marry you so you can stay in the country, there's a technical option called ISCON, I-S-K-C-O-N. It's a missionary visa. International Society of Krishna Consciousness, otherwise known as Hare Krishna. And she's like, well, I'm not really a religious person. What does that mean? Like, will I have to recruit people? Like, what does that look like? The lawyer says, oh, that's not what it is. And Samit is super excited because he grew up um, with him believing that Harry Krishna was a superhero. So he could totally see Jenny doing it. And there's a loophole to keep her here in India. And she's willing to explore it. Are you, Jenny? Because you know what? I find it super offensive. I find it offensive that you're going to take a real faith and exploit it for your own personal gain. You're going to pretend you believe something that you don't actually believe in order for you to stay in a country where your own boyfriend is not willing to sacrifice anything for, in order for you to stay. So you gave up your whole life. You went on pension. You're paying for everything. You're living out there. You've gone a million times. He's catfished you. He's lied to you. He's promised you X, Y, and Z. He said that he'd marry you like one, two, three, four, a million times. He's given you a promise ring. He got married behind your back. All the things. And then now he's convincing you to, to take up a religion that you don't even believe in so that you can stay in the country. What do you get out of it? Because I find it very offensive. I, I really do. I find it very offensive. And I hope that you're really not doing it. And this is just a storyline because it's offensive. For anyone that believes in anything, this is offensive. It really is. To me personally, it's like you're making a mockery of someone's belief for your own personal selfish gain. I'm not into it at all. So we're going to have a whole season of these two freaking fracks not getting married again. Although deep down inside, I think that they're married because I, I don't believe that she just continues to get her visa renewed every six months and leaves the country every six months. I don't think she can afford to do that. Either TLC is doing that for her or they're already married and this is some BS. But regardless, I'm not impressed with where this storyline's going. I'm just going to throw that out there early in the beginning. I'm not impressed at all 
get married or call it a day because if that's so important to you, then just go ahead and do it. It's like I spent so many, too many seasons. It's the same storyline. He's not going to marry you. No, he's going to marry you. No, he's not going to marry you. His family, his family. He's not going to marry you. He's not going to marry That's annoying. Well, I find this annoying. On to Ariella and Binyam. This is a twist, eh? You guys, this is a little bit of a twist storyline. Ariella is smiling so hard because her ex-husband is in town, Leandro. She got dressed up. She put on makeup. She's so excited and she's nervous. Why are you nervous if he's just your friend? You get nervous if you're like going on a date. And, you know, this is this is like some seeking sister wife business where you have your husband and you're trying to get your other husband to come on board so that you can just be, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know what? Poly relationships are a thing. I respect it. I've, I've researched it and interviewed the Seeking Sister Wife cast, all the things. I respect it if that's your lifestyle. But, but this right here seems like she's kind of making a little bit of a fool of Binyam, and I'm confused by it. I'm confused by it. So she's dressed up. She's excited. Um, you know, she actually really thought that she was going to get back together with Leandro um, before they broke up. And in her mind, they didn't really break up. They were just like apart for some time. And then she met Binyan. Um, so today's a super exciting day for her. She says she wants to go get her nails done. She's excited. Binyan goes with her, but he's not happy. Uh, he feels like she's like running around. She's getting dressed up. She's doing all her makeup. And this is not something that's normally what she would do. Well, yeah, because she's getting ready for a date, even though she has a fiance. She's getting ready for a date, y'all. And she gets to the nail place. Um, and he's like, you know, a little bit jealous. And she says that she's glad that he's jealous. And then he's like, where's your ring? And she's like, oh, it's an honest mistake. I forgot it. And the one day that she forgot her ring is the day that her ex-husband of 10 years is coming into down to town. Now, I don't know. You can believe what you want to believe. I, I, you, you just happen to take it off the day your ex-husband is coming to stay with you. The day where you're all giddy and doing your makeup and your hair and your nails. Hair did, nails did, everything did, did. Okay. Honest mistake. She tells him to go get it. And he's super frustrated. He's like, yeah, you know what? It's cheap. It's under a dollar. But it holds a lot of sentimental re uh, value to him and meaning to him. Which, you know, it was a big deal. He made a whole big shindig. And maybe he doesn't have a lot of money. But he loves his wife and he loves his kid. He loves his family. And... It seems to me like she's not really respecting that. She's like too way too excited that her ex-husband is in town. I felt bad for the guy. I really did. I felt bad for him. And then um, they're on route to pick up Leander at his hotel. And Ari says, try not to be rude to my ex-husband. Uh, and Benny says, you know, I'm not going to be rude. I'm just scared. You're my wife. You're my family. You're my future. I'm scared of losing you. How sad is that? How sad is that, you guys? It's so sad. Can you imagine your fiance saying, listen, I'm not going to be mean. He's welcome, you know, in our home because it makes you happy. But I'm just scared that I'm going to lose you. And you're my future. And you're my wife. And you're my 
life. Oh my God, what? Meanwhile, she's cheesing, like super excited to see her ex-husband. No, like, hey, yes, you know what? You're my, no response to that. They could do a mass kiss and that's it. I, uh, I felt for him so, so, so much. They get there, Leandro comes with like 10 suitcases, big hug, welcome to Africa. Binyam is trying to be cordial, but he's not happy, but he sees that Ari is super excited and she's like running around, he says, and blah, blah, blah. She's like totally like a schoolgirl. And Benny thinks, you know, this guy is not who I thought he was. He's kind of like a nerdy guy. They get into the the truck or the car, or the van that they're in and small talk, but it was kind of like awkward, you know, um, Leandro wants to learn, uh, Amaric Ethiopian. So he wants to know how to say yes. Aid. And Ari then says, Oh, cause he's like, Oh, I want to learn in the next week or so, you know, how to speak fluently. And then Ari's like, well, maybe you could come live with us. I'm sorry. What? I don't know. I, I need all my married people that are watching to to tell me if this is bizarre because it's super bizarre to me. Like, I know that my partner is not about to tell any type of ex that they can come live with us because you would be gone and they would never step foot in the house to live. Y'all aren't living with me. That's all I know. You, you could do what? You're lucky I'm letting your ex-husband of 10 years who has more history with you who you're obviously fawning over and still in love with to come and stay with us. You're lucky I'm doing that. And now you're inviting him to come live with us. You've lost your friggin' mind. So <clears throat> they're driving. Benny wants to talk to Leandro really wants to have a man to man conversation with him. And he just really wants to know what Leandro's intentions are with Ariella. I always tell you guys, go with your gut instinct. If your gut is telling you something's off, something is absolutely off. Absolutely off. 100%. And I think that that's what Benny is feeling. He's feeling like something is off with this situation. She is way too happy. She is doing the most. I haven't seen her this excited ever. And yet here we are. But she's saying, oh, this is my best friend. I talk to him all the time. He's always going to be in my life. And then Leandro says his first impression of Binyam was that there was tension, but he can understand because, you know, he's the ex-husband. But Benny needs to know that Leandro's always going to be in her life and Avi's life, too. I was like, no, he didn't. No. <laughs> I know that this ex-husband who's trying to get up in on there did not just say on national TV that he's going to be in, in not only Ari's life, but in Avi's life. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, he did. He's like, but you know what? Maybe Benny and I can become good friends. I don't think you're trying to be good friends with Benny. I think you're trying to weasel your way back in. And Ari's opened the door wide open. Come on through. So they get to the house and um, 
we see Mimi again. And I've heard a couple of things, you guys. I've heard that Mimi is actually not just the nanny, but she is Binyam's auntie. Now, if she's her, his auntie, and I can't confirm this with receipts, but one of our one of the viewers reached out to me and said that that indeed is true. Then that's kind of, like say it's auntie. Don't say it's the freaking nanny that you're paying two hundred dollars a week because that's super or a month or whatever two hundred dollars a month. Super fucked up. Then this was the line that absolutely just blew my mind. So they're meeting baby Avi. Nanny Mimi's in the room. Binyam's in the room. Ariel is in the room. Leandro's in the room. Leandro is holding baby Avi. And Ari just starts gushing and she's smiling and says, you could have had a baby like this, but you didn't. You missed out. And then the cameraman pans to Mimi's face and to Binyam's face. And they were both disgusted with that comment. As was I. Who says that? Who says uh, uh, wait, what? Meanwhile, Ari's smiling so hard and saying Avi is so comfortable with her ex-husband. And meanwhile, Benny's like, no, he's not. He's kicking. He's not happy. And oh, by the way, I'm the father. So if this dude thinks he's going to weasel in here and be the stepfather, he's got another thing coming. Then Benny's like starting to feel a little insecure. He's like, I don't understand what this guy wants. Like, is he trying to rekindle their love? And then maybe the two of them are going to leave together. Like what's happening here? And I was like, you know what? Trust your gut, Benny, because this something is not right here. It's, it's not, it, I'm uncomfortable watching it. And then he says another great line. I think I must watch with a suspicious eye. Yes, you should follow your gut instinct, Benny, because something is stinky, like 100% stinky, 100% stinky. So they've been like hanging out all day. It's been a long day. They go down to the living room. They're having some beers and Leander has a bag of gifts and some orders that Ari has given him to bring back from America, to bring to Ethiopia from America. She ordered Arm and Hammer toothpaste, by the way, my favorite as well. So I am mad at that. And then some bras. So you asked your ex-husband to buy you some bras because you can't find quality bras in all of Ethiopia. And then you have your husband sitting right beside you. And he's wondering, well, how does he know your size? Maybe you told him your size, but it it is awkward. It's a bit inappropriate. And then... You know, Leander's trying to backtrack and say his girlfriend picked them out. Who's your girlfriend? Let's talk a little bit more about that. Where's she at? What's your situation? Does she even know you're here with your ex-wife? Like, let's peel the layers off of that right there. That's what I wanted to know. And, you know, a little peace offering bought Benny some speakers. And Benny's just not impressed. He's like, you know, it's inappropriate to bring bras. He won't accept it. And then he just comes out and says, you know, why are you two still not together? Then Ari says, well, we never really broke up. 
I kind of just never came back. And I always thought that I was going to be with him. I thought I was going to travel the world and come back and be with him. You know that's your fiance sitting right there, right? Leander says, well, it was a little bit of a decaying experience. Experience, And then Ari's like, well, were you mad at me because of how we broke up? Well, five seconds ago, Ari, you said you didn't break up. So what is it? Did you break up or did you not break up? Because I'm confused. Sounds to me like you're confused. Then she's like... She thought that she would always get back with him. And then she said the most hurtful thing that I was like, wow, so beyond your plan B. She thought that she was always gonna get back with Leandro and that she was keeping her options open because she didn't know if this new life she was choosing was gonna work out for her. And she was thinking about if it didn't work out, she could always go back to Leandro. And then says, to Leandro that he didn't deserve that. Meanwhile, your your baby daddy and fiance is sitting right beside you. Guess who doesn't really deserve for you to say all that is Binyam. He doesn't deserve you saying basically, oh, guess what? I met this fool, had a baby with him, wasn't sure if it was gonna work out or not. So I was keeping you right here just in case it didn't work out and this life wasn't for me, then I could come back to you. So basically you're saying he was your second choice and you're only really with him for now because it's kind of working out and you have a baby. But at any minute, you could just, you're confirming all of his fears. You clearly have feelings for your ex. He clearly isn't just your BFF. He's the dude that you wanted to be with just in case the dude you met on the streets didn't work out. That's sad. Son. It's son. She starts crying, but she's not crying over Binyam. She's crying over Leandro and the situation she's created and feeling bad for acting like a terrible person. Well, you're being terrible right now, Ariella. I'm sorry. You are, you're being terrible to your husband. And I keep saying husband because I keep thinking they're married, but to your fiance, you're being terrible to him and you're kind of okay with it. You're dismissive of all of his feelings and you're pouring out your love and admiration to your ex-husband of 10 years that you invited to come and stay in your home, that you say is your BFF, but really you still have feelings for him and you're doing it all in front of your fiance. It's really sad. I tell you, you guys, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Moving on to Steven. Steven is, is fast becoming my new favorite because he is a mess. Uh, you guys, the music that they were playing, I wish YouTube wasn't so strict on music because I would play it, but the music, I fell out immediately. Down by the riverside, down by the riverside, lay down my burden, down by the river. You know what, you guys, to play for the Mormon who's 25, who's a mess. <laughs> Whoever did that edit, 
That was hilarious to me. Down by the riverside. Down by the river. If you guys, if any of you guys grew up in the church, you know that that is 100% a church song. And it's a mess of them to play that for the more. It's just a mess. It's a mess. And it's funny to me. Anyways, he's moving to Turkey in three days. He's moving to Turkey in three days and he he wants to propose and, and he's in his feelings. He's super excited. He's off to pick up his last paycheck um, from his door-to-door sales job as a pest control salesperson. And we meet Dan and Dan is like, you know, I don't think you should do this. You're leaving a really good job. I was like, a really good is Okay. What if she doesn't want to be with you? You're just leaving, you're leaving all of this behind. And even Stephen was like, Dan, do you need a hug? Cause you're taking this way too personally. Cause really, come on. Crystal said, of all the songs for them to play, girl, you know they were being shady, McShady 100. 100. So, anyways, um, He's picking up his last paycheck. He's this sales pest control door-to-door guy. He doesn't really like killing pests because he gives a story about how he felt compassion. His friend ran over anthill, and then he watched the ants carry the dead ant bodies into the anthill. And since then, he doesn't like killing bugs. I was like, this guy is so fascinating to me. Like, he really is... um, He's he's fascinating. Like I'm here for it. He's a little like <laughs> that. I've already mastered his laugh because it, it's funny to me. <laughs> Anyways, um, we meet Alina, who's 20 years old, living in Russia. She's like painting herself. She likes makeup and body art. Uh, it helps her express herself. She's a student, um, Chinese language and Asian um, politics, which reminded me of, she's got like Yara slash Julia vibes to me. Yara with the whole makeup thing. If you guys remember when we met Yara, Yara's like all about makeup. And we met Julia. Uh, Julia was in Korea when she met Brandon and she she speaks Korean. And I was like, oh, it's like a thing, I think, in Russia. Like they, it's a whole vibe, makeup and language. Anyways, that's the vibe I got. That's what I remember. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So they met on the language app, and right away, Alina felt a connection with Stephen. She loves him. Um, she just really thought he was handsome, and she wants to be with him now. Alina's mom. Um, has met him. They met in Prague for just the week, and we find out in the storyline that they met one time in real life, and for a week, and she brought her mom. Um, that was it, and the rest of the relationship has been, you know, online, and y'all know how I feel about online relationships. So I cannot imagine picking up my life and packing all my shit, quit my job for someone I've spent one week with to go move to some foreign country with them, and that's it, and then get married in 90 days. Anyways, Alina lives with her mom, Anna, and 
uh, Ludmilla, her grandmom, she's taken a year off from university to pursue her relationship with Stephen. Her mom's worried because the original plan was for Stephen to come to Russia uh, because of the pandemic and all the things that can't happen. And she's just concerned she doesn't know him. Turkey's far away. She's not gonna have family support. She's never lived away from home. So they're really, really concerned. Plus the mom thought that the Mormon faith was a cult and that they do dark things. And when Alina first met Steven, she's like, am I in danger? And in Russia, you know, they only have one religion, Russian Orthodox. So the mom thought that Mormons steal people's organs and sell it on the black market. And the mom is worried that, you know, I still don't know Stephen. How do you know he's not gonna do secret rituals, have international scandals, sell people, use donors? Where, where did you get that? You got this from the internet? Where, where on the internet? Alina's like, all that stuff you see on the internet, that's all BS. I was like, but where? What websites are telling you that the Mormons are involved in international scandals and secret rituals? Like, I don't know anything about the Mormon faith. I don't know anything about it, but I don't know if I've ever seen anyone say that Mormons sell people and has, I don't, I don't even know. I can't even, you know what? I don't even know. <laughs> so because they were all worried, Alina asked Stephen to tell her a little bit more about the Mormon faith. And he said, well, Let's read the Book of Mormon. So she did with him and attended some church lessons to understand the religion more. Which, you know, you guys, I always tell you guys, you gotta talk about faith. You gotta talk about sex. You gotta talk about money, 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 money. And you have to talk about children. So I guess they're on the right path. The interesting part to me is that, and, and I'll get to it, but has she agreed to convert? Because I haven't heard her say that. Oh, Patty. <laughs> oh, Patty. Diana says, no, this girl was really studying and leaving a career. Crystal, unlike, unlike oh, what is I that? I don't know how to do the heart. Oh. I'm having some Hello. issues. Happy Monday. Welcome. 90 Days of Melanated Way. I'm your host, Luna Antwi. I am. Oh my God, my podcast just fast. started playing I'm on its own. And that is crazy. And now it won't stop. Okay, I fixed it. I'm back. I just talk all the time. My computer wants to talk. I want to talk. Everyone's just talking. Me talking all over the place. That was wild. Amanda said, this is so is so meta. Yes, Amanda, I agree with you. Oh, that was so weird. I was like, is that my voice? Where's that? Where, what, what's happening right now? Anyhow. Um, so, oh, look, it's trying to come back. It's so weird. Oh, my God. Stop it. Just stop it. Stop. All right, let's see if that helps me. So the grandma's not impressed. She says it's too soon. 
Alina's too young to get married, too young to move away. Um, it's too much. It's too much for her. Plus, she's going to be far away in a country that she doesn't know, not surrounded by people that love her and can give her advice. Grandma's against it 100%. Alina's like, you know what? My family can be against it, but at the end of the day, it's my decision. So I'm going to make that decision on my own. So she starts packing. She invites her friend, um, Natasha and Julie, over to help her pack. And her friends think that, hey, this is a risky move. Moving to Turkey, you don't know anyone. You've only seen Stephen one time in that week that you guys were together. And, like, it's risky. Like, are you sure you want to do this? She's like, yeah, I want to do it. I want to do it. And then they're like, are you... Are you going to have sex? And she's like, we're planning to have fun, but no sex. And they're like, why? How will you know if you're a match? Which I absolutely agree with. And you know what? You can have religious, your religious faith, beliefs, all, all the things. I'm just saying like sex is important. And she tries to say that that's not the most important thing. She says, listen, it may not be the most important thing, but it is important. Don't, don't be fooled. 20-year-old Alina who's never had sex, who you think that that's not the most important thing, how would you know? Because you've never had sex. So you're 20, never had sex. Your man who you've known for a week, who's a little, you know, he's a little like that. You know, you might feel differently in a year or two years or three years or five years, I'm just saying. So... Just saying, but they've decided that they're both going to save themselves for marriage. She's a virgin, and I called it last week. You guys, I told you that I knew. I called it last week, last episode, that he was not a virgin. He was not. He was not a virgin, and he was like sowing his oats. And I'm so listen. This little like dorky uh, thing that he does, I, I guess you know, he gets the women because. As we're learning from Melina, that Stephen talks a lot about other females and he hangs out with a lot of female friends and it makes her feel uncomfortable. He's gone to movies with girls. He's fallen asleep at a girlfriend's house, which is fascinating to me because now you're later on, you're talking about getting two separate apartments in Turkey because you, you don't want to be tempted, but you can sleep over at your girlfriend's house. And then asked her for permission to date other girls. She starts crying and says, no. Steven, I didn't know you were Mac Daddy like that. I didn't know you had it like that. Who are these girls that you're dating? And why is it that you are going all the way across the world to marry this girl that you've known for a week? Hmm? I'm curious. I'm curious. What's happening? If you've got it like that, you're sexing around, sleeping around sleeping around by sleeping at other people's homes, going to movies with girls, the whole nine yards. I'm a little fascinated by this because sometimes, you know, it's the nerdy ones that have all the secrets. I'll say it like that. So anyways, the friends are like, do you trust him? And she's like, you know, that's the only, only thing that maybe I have some trust issues about is like the girl thing because, you know, we're in a long distance relationship. And then the friends say, do the test, do the faithfulness test. And I was like, I'm a grown ass woman. What's the faithfulness test? And they explained to her that there are people out there that hire actresses to seduce the boyfriends to see if the boyfriends take the bait and like 
cheat. Who, who, who's doing that? Where do you, is it a website do you go to that you, do you just hire regular actresses or are there actors and actresses on a specific website that are trained to, cause you know, I can't remember the name of the show, but there were cheaters. Y'all remember cheaters? Cheaters were a show where this dude would come in and catch these people cheating and listen, there was one episode that that man, the host, got his ass beat. You can't be jumping into people's nonsense. That's how, like, violence happened. You, some people will choose violence that day. I mean, I just, I, are we hiring people now? Is that what we're doing in 2021? Because I didn't get the memo. I just remember there was a show like that. And I remember seeing clips that this dude got his, they were on a boat or something, and he got his ass whooped. <laughs> you ain't catching jumping out from under the bushes with cameras and can you imagine you guys can can you imagine i personally would never cheat but can you imagine if you're cheating you're coming out of a restaurant some dude pops up with no no i don't think that's a good idea and then and then you're gonna be in a country that you don't know anybody but you're gonna go ahead and hire somebody that sounds like a bad idea alina don't listen to your friends so, <laughs> Stephen and Alina have their FaceTime, and like, Stephen is just the best. He's like, you're my moonlight. I, I like your hair. Alina, cupcake, can I tell you that I booked two rooms? I booked two apartments. We're going to, and she's like, what? We're gonna live in separate apartments because you know you're getting ready for a baptism, and we need to do things the right way so we can't cohabitate together. And he's like, you know, I can stay with you for the first night, and then you know we'll stay apart for like two, three months, and then we'll get married and be all great. She's like, no, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> He's like, that doesn't work for me. That sounds stupid. I don't like it. I'm not picking up my life to move to a country so that I can stay by myself. <laughs> oh, hi, Lynn. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> so you're gonna tell me that we're gonna live in separate apartments and you got me a, a nicer apartment and you're gonna stay in a hostel, but you're gonna come one night and stay with me the first night and then peace out? Meanwhile, she already has a little trust issues with you and you you spent a whole year apart and you guys are finally moving to Turkey to actually be together, to not be together. That does not sound like it makes any type of sense to anyone. But then Steven says, well, you know, we might accidentally have sex because you're very sexy. What? Aren't you the same dude that says you sleep at your girlfriend's house? Steven says, Steven says he struggled with chat, the law of chastity his whole time in the church and he's not a virgin, but he hasn't told Alina that he's not a virgin because he's afraid that she's not going to trust him. Yeah, she's not going to trust you. Could you put on this whole like, 
choir boy. Oh, you're. Oh. Let me not. Let me just not be offensive. I'm just saying, Stephen, you've got some explaining to do, and you should do it immediately, if not sooner. I love him though. I love everything. I love everything about this. The new characters, they're bringing this fresh energy that just makes me happy. Cause you know, it's still brand new to them, right? So they don't know like our crazy 90 day fiance world fandom. And I love it because it's a fresh take. It's like a breath of fresh air. <sighs> Speaking of a non, okay. Let me just again, put the disclaimer out you guys. Cause I'm about to talk about Corey and Evelyn. And if you know me, you guys know the history that we have with Evelyn and how Evelyn is online bullied us as uh, TV hosts and journalists. And I have yet to let that go because she hasn't apologized. So that is my disclaimer. If you don't know the story now, you know. So if I have a little extra in my voice, it's because I'm trying to be objective, but there's that. So. Corey's washing the dog. They're meeting the wedding planner today. They're getting married in five months. She wants a nice wedding. And can I just say this without sounding like an asshole, but dear Evelyn, if you don't want people to think you're a bitch, don't act like a bitch on national TV. That being said, she wants a nice wedding so her friends can be jealous. Not a nice wedding because, hey, I so love you, Corey, so much, and I want to be with you, and I want our special today just be so momentous and memorable. No, I want a nice wedding so my friends can be jealous. She wants the best planner, the best food, the best place, the best flowers, the best music, everything the best, and Corey will pay for everything. Now, Corey says, hey, as he's washing the dog, you know, maybe you can help out with some of the costs too. That is not how it works here, she says. The man pays for the wedding. So I looked it up because I'm like that. And so there is some truth to what she's saying. And I was gonna read you guys the whole thing, but I'm, I'm not going to, I'll just try to sum it up for you. So basically what happens is in an Ecuadorian wedding, the fa both families prepare for the wedding. Um, and both families pay for like the entertainment, but it's customary for the husband to be to pay for the wedding itself. So I think she's taking that and stretching it to be like, hey, you're going to pay for everything. Then she says, he's paying for the wedding and she's going to, she's not expected to do anything and because thank you guys for supporting the Cash App Venmo. If you guys can't, if you guys... Because he's been wanting to marry her for six years. So hasn't he saved anything yet? Wait, what? Wait, what? Diana says, in Latin America, one family pays for the reception, the other for the honeymoon. 
but mostly wealthy families, middle class and poor people, whoever can pay, ha ha ha. So yeah, I, I mean, I researched it and A, yes, like Susan says, it's not 50,000 US dollars and B, both families pay for the reception, like the bar stuff, all the things, but the actual wedding, the, the groom pays for. He doesn't just have to pay everything. I don't know where this 50,000 is coming from, but she expects Corey to pay for everything. She wants the best of the best of the best of the best. And uh, they meet Carolina, the wedding planner. And she's like, she's like the best wedding planner. She's even planning a wedding for Victoria's Secret Angels. Okay, so first of all, it's 2021. I'm gonna need you to open a book, Evelyn, so you know that the Victoria's Secret Angels aren't a thing anymore. They've come full term. 2021 and realized that they don't want to objectify women like that anymore. They don't want to have unrealistic body images portrayed of women anymore. So this whole Victoria's Secret reference is super dated and it's showing me the type of person that you are, period. So anyways, she's excited that she's got the best wedding planner that's planning a Victoria's Secret angel wedding. And she wants to have her wedding on this beachfront property that they purchased, which is just land. It's open land right now. Um, and she wants to do her wedding there. The wedding planner's like, no, this is not going to be doable because you need specific places for a ceremony, for a cocktail hour, for reception. You're going to have water and sewage and electricity issues and a vacant lot. And Corey's like, so like, how much is a wedding going to cost? She's like, well, I have a couple of venues close by. We can check them out. I've listed them in my handy binder and Corey looks and sees like 9,500 for something. He's like, Oh, so is this like a package? She's like, no. So it can be anywhere from 26,000 to 50,000 on the high end. And he's like, we're in Ecuador. Like my brother had a wedding for 5,000. How, how am I in a third world country? And it's going to be 50, 26 to $50,000. Like, how is that possible? So Corey says he has financial concerns um, and he says that while he's wearing his wedding band and you guys know that I think that this is cockamamie story because how is he living there for as long as he's lived there, has a business there, has a license and has a car there, bought property, bought beach property and he is not married to her. How is that? Explain to me how that happened. I, I need to know. Okay. How? Unless they actually got married and this is some cockamamie story. Um, speaking of cockamamie story, let me just pop something up because they have decided to bring their drama to social media. So recently Corey took to his stories on Instagram and says, as the season continues, I would just ask the bloggers, viewers, be respectful towards Evelyn, regardless if we are in a relationship or not, which I think is an interesting thing to put. I will always care about her, which I think is an interesting thing to put. Online bullying really can break the strongest of people and mentally hurt them. It's not okay. As my dad always once said, if you don't have anything nice to say, then say nothing at all. So please honor his words for me, thanks. Also, understand she's had to deal with this for years. It isn't easy, and no person should have to go through the amount of online bullying that Evelyn has. Just please think twice before saying anything negative. If you are a big supporter of her, let her know that you care. 
Let me not just say anything. Let me just read Evelyn's response to that, okay? Let me just read Evelyn's response to that. Let me find it for you. Evelyn's response to her fiance in real time on social media was, thanks to everyone reaching out to show support, but know that this he did is just for attention. He doesn't care. You should see what he's doing right now. He doesn't care whatsoever about my mental health, even though he knows I'm in pieces. It's a shame that he goes on IG to be all nice when the reality is way different. Okay. I'm just gonna say this, okay? I've already told you my stance on her. I've already told you that she herself is an online bully. You've seen her for yourself this episode, how she portrays herself, whether she's playing a character or not. Hey, Dustin, hey. You guys make your own choices and own, own decisions. I personally would not even be talking about her but I'm talking about her only because she's on this season. I never report on her. I never post about her because she bullies women and she's not for women. She doesn't support women. And, oh, she doesn't even support her own fiance, okay? He tries to do something nice and she goes and, and talks. Yay, it's Armando and Kenny. I was so happy. These two are so cute. They like exude kindness. I'm so happy that they're back on our TVs. So we have Armando, Kenny, their dog, and their new cat, and Hannah, all walking down the street, all like just positive vibes, rainbow and sunshines. I am here for it. Um, they give a little bit of their backstory. Armando says, my daughter, and Kenny quickly corrects him and says, our daughter. Kenny is learning Spanish, which I think is amazing. Sea Cruz, you know what? I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for the super sticker. Thank you for supporting this show. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to tell you a fun little fun fact about myself. So apparently, when I've had a few adult beverages, I speak Spanish. Now, exes have told me that in the past before. And I'll make a long story short. I'm going to really try to make this long story short. But I would always go to this Spanish tapas place. And apparently I would always go there at night and have some adult beverages. And I would speak to the owner strictly only in Spanish. Then one day I took my work crew to this spot because I loved it. And of course, the manager came over to speak Spanish to me. And I was like, I don't speak Spanish. And then he thought that I was being like an asshole bitch. Like, I don't want to speak Spanish in front of my coworkers. So he had an attitude with me. So then I went home and I was like, oh, my God, I went to the place and blah, blah, blah. And he did this, blah, blah, blah. So then I went back uh, another time at night and he was there. And I was like, well, you know, we had a like awkward situation and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, yeah, because you were here and you always speak Spanish. And then I found out really that apparently I speak Spanish when I'm drunk. Now, fast forward. Um, I went on a date recently and we're driving and he says to me, 
hey, do you speak Spanish? I was like, um, why? He's like, because you were totally speaking Spanish last time and you never mentioned that you speak Spanish. Okay, so Penny is learning Spanish. Kitty is speaking or learning to speak Spanish and, you know, Feliz, happy, automobile, Milo, bad, all the things, all the things, which I think is great because while he's learning to speak Spanish, Hannah's learning to speak English, so it benefits both of them. Um, and then we find a little bit about the backstory that we didn't know about with Kenny and Armando, that they met on a gay father support group on social media. They became friends. And then within a, a year, um, Kenny was like, hey, do you want me to come down and visit you like just as friends? And so he went down, the magic happened, and boom, they were in a relationship uh, long distance for three and a half years. And then obviously Kenny moved down there and here we are. Um, moving was a hard decision for him because he was leaving his life, his four kids, plus one grandkid, plus the grandkid that's on the way, because I don't know if you guys know, but Cass is pregnant and is about to have a baby any day now. So congratulations to them. Master of Blackjack says, interesting, when I'm drunk, everything sounds like Spanish. I guess I'm the opposite. It's funny. Um, so... Congratulations to Cass on her new baby and to uh, Kenny on becoming a granddad for the second time. And then we learn a little bit more about Armando's backstory, how he's married uh, to a woman for eight years. They had Hannah. He was struggling with coming out of the closet and he was just so much worried about other people and making the, them happy than himself that finally he came out five years ago to his family and they didn't accept it. So. Um, that was hard on him. And then when Hannah's mom passed away, and that whole story, if you guys haven't heard it, is so sad. It's so sad. But it forced him back into the closet. Um, and then, you know, he met Kenny and his life changed. So they had their awkward announcement, engagement announcement that we all remember from last season. And Armando's family has, has really not been supportive of him. They don't have a date set for their wedding yet, but they're planning it. Um, Armando wants fireworks and dancers and lights and the big hoorah. He's got a vision board that he started. His guest list is starting at 100 people, um, but he's not limited by a number, he said, which I thought was hilarious. And then Kenny's like, well, your parents can come. He doesn't know because he doesn't know if his dad even knows that he's engaged. And so that's going to be a conversation, which I think we're going to see on this season. That's going to be really hard to watch and hard to see. And I just hope that, um, you know, they're supportive and just supportive. So they're wedding planning and um, dancers, fireworks. Armando says in Mexico, we go all out. And he's like, I like big, which was hilarious. And he's like, big weddings and Kenny's like, please don't become a bridezilla. So they talked a little bit about, we remembered that wedding license and how they were denied because, you know, in Mexico they want to save the human species, but they fought for it and they finally got their license. So they're working with two gay, gay wedding planners, uh, Hugo and Carlos, and they just kind of give their story 
about how they've been together for four years. They've been living together for a year. You know, you can see that um, Kenny's going to be like the one that like lays down the law. Like, how much is this going to cost? And like, how many people? Because he's like, okay, so how much is it going to cost for like, you know, a hundred people? And when I laugh, I tell you, I laughed because he said 50 to 100 people, because that is what Armando said originally, right? He said, oh, like 100 people. And then as they sit down in front of the wedding planner, Armando's like, 100 people, like 200 people. I laughed, because you know, now we're starting to see it's gonna be a big wedding. And then Carlos is like, 50 people? That's a barbecue in Mexico. <laughs> but I can't give you a price, he says, because it all depends on the production. And when he used the word production, I was like, that's saying a lot, right? It's gonna be a production and I can't wait. And I think that most of you guys have probably already seen the wedding po wedding photos that um, People Magazine posted. And if you haven't, I'll, I'll bring them next week. Beautiful, they all just look beautiful. And so um, <clears throat> all depends on the production. They have done some sex weddings before, but only in a spiritual way, not in a legal way. So this is gonna be their first legal uh, same-sex marriage that they plan, which I think is gonna be beautiful for them. Um, and then Kenny asked the questions. Like Kenny's the one that's like so organized in my mind. Like he's like, okay, so have you ever had problems with vendors or wait staff or any of the caterers, any of those people that like don't wanna um, cater to same sex? And Carlos was like, yeah, but money talks here, right? And I thought that was a very interesting thought, a very interesting observation. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have Kenny and Armando back. I feel like they bring a breath of fresh air. So between Kenny and Armando and this new Steven and Alina situation, I'm good with this season because the rest is just nonsense. And yes, Ellie is new and I'm about to speak about Ellie, but Ellie is a hot mess. She's moving to Provencia in four days. She's missing Thanksgiving, so they're going to have a Friendsgiving before she goes. She hasn't told her friends that she's moving. She's just, like, on vacay. Um, they already know that Victor's cheated on her, so they're not really fans of Victor. They don't really know that she's back together with Victor, um, so it's a whole thing. So... She finally tells them that she's moving to be with them. She's beginning the process of moving is how she explains it. Um, and they're like, well, you know, what? why? Why are you picking up your life and doing all of this? Like, why are you sacrificing this? He's not sacrificing anything. And you're in vulnerable times right now. And I agree. Listen, we've been through a pandemic. Many of us have been, you know, quarantined with not other people. So you can feel lonely in those moments and be vulnerable and meet, you know, the the next random person that thinks that you think they're all great, but maybe they're not so great. Maybe you have COVID brain, not that you have COVID, but you have pandemic brain. Like you've, you've just been cooped up. Like maybe you're just lonely, like her friend said. I think that might be the case. She's been alone a long time. She's always focused on her business. And now she finally, you know, sees this, man that she finds attractive and meets him on vacay and everything's great on vacay. And now you're going to pick up your life and, and move and he's already cheated on you. And you're not even, Oh no. Oh no. 
And then say to your friends that he sounds trustworthy. He sounds trustworthy. Stop it. Then they ask her, does he know about your like financials? And she's like, well, I don't really talk about it, but he knows that I own a business. He knows that I've been to Columbia five times. Oh, and by the way, I'm helping him with his house because I'm going to be living there. What, what are you doing? We find out that Victor, who's probably been building that house for many, many years with the tarp down the whole nine yards, he's building your, you said 5,000 US, which you guys know, that's a lot of money in any, in any third world country. You send him $5,000 to fix up his house so that you could, you did what? You okay, so let so let me get this straight. Last week, you said that he was living with his girlfriend and cheating on you, and she sent you a text message saying that he's been living with her and quarantining with her the whole time. And in the time that you've been with him, you've still been sending him money to fix up the house, or even worse. You find out that he was cheating on you. You forgive him. You decide that you're now going to move down there because COVID restrictions can't have him come up here or whatever the case you're saying. And you send him money afterwards. After he's already cheated on you, you send him 5000 to stay in. Oh, no. No, Ellie. I'm sorry. You, Ellie. Girl, Ellie, listen, Ellie, listen. So she's helping with the house that he's been building. The friends are like, oh, what? Have you done a background check on Victor? And she believes the truth. And then about his past, not only has she been sending him money, not only has he cheated on her, but she finds out that nine years ago, he has a domestic violence charge. But Ellie spoke to his ex and she feels like he's a good person. So I don't know, but that's giving me Harris and his wife slash ex-wife vibes. Like, let's get the American and her buddy and, and, and do that. So you, if she calls you, you tell her we're good. We're good. I'll split some of the money that I get from her with you. Like, cause you know, you're my baby mama. Like I'm getting that whole vibe. It's very like, what? Okay, but you trust him and you, you believe he's a good person. Scott, the friend that she's having Friendsgiving with, his face, he's like, he's not here for it. He was, his face was like, I am not here for it. What's, none of this sounds right. So she's back at her house. She calls Victor, he's growing his beard. And this is what's crazy. So he's growing his beard and says, he, and he has this long piece right here, right? He's thinking of cutting the long piece off, he says. And then in the same breath says, because she's like, oh, you've been growing that beard the whole time we've been together. And he's like, yeah, it's a symbol of our love. In the same breath, the same breath that you're like, I'm gonna cut this beard off. It's the same symbol of love. If that isn't some foreshadowing for you guys, I don't know what is. So Master of Blackjack says, I wonder how many Yelp stars Ellie's Pizza Shop has. You should look it up. So then Ellie goes on to say that she dreamt that uh, the other woman he cheated on was pregnant and she woke up upset. 
and she is just not over it. And then she asks him, like, is it over? Is, is she for sure not there? This dude, Victor, pauses, 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 then says, for sure she's not here, but he didn't do it like this. Let me act it out for you. Ellie says, is she for sure left the island? She's for sure not here. Where are you looking? Where are you looking, Victor? Because you ain't looking Ellie in her eyes. You'd be looking all over the place with that, with that answer. And the pause. Take Psych 101, Ellie. Psych 101 will tell you when someone's looking away all the time and pausing to get their lies straight in their head, they ain't telling the truth. <sighs> he says, she's out of our lives. You know I love you. I want to be with you. And she's like, well, usually when people love you, they don't cheat on you. Those are facts. He's like, well, I made a mistake and I stopped cheating and I apologize. Like that makes everything okay. Then Ellie says that she feels like Victor's her soulmate. So she's going to go ahead and take a leap of faith. Meanwhile, there's a hurricane brewing. It's a tropical storm about to be a category two or three hurricane. So he's in the process of evacuating. And so we don't know where things are going to stand. Now, guys, I got something from Reddit. And if you don't want to have any spoilers, then don't listen to this part. Don't listen to this part at all. So according to Reddit, don't listen. Spoiler alert, don't come for me that I wrecked your season. But according to Reddit, Ellie's back in Seattle, back at her pizza spot. So she is not living in Provencia anymore. She's back in Seattle. She was spotted in Seattle working at her restaurant. And so I think that we were, were seeing how what played out during the pandemic didn't work out. So my bet is she's back living in Seattle. Victor was not her soulmate and her business is back in her hands. So throwing it out there, according to this Reddit post, she's back didn't work out. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to show you guys, just because it's the Pacific Northwest and I am from the Pacific Northwest. And so it stood out to me is this right here. The door of her house or wherever she is um, with the Inuit, you say USA Native American doors is just so beautiful to me. It's so beautiful. And I, I want to know the history of that door. I just thought it was beautiful. So I wanted to share that you guys with you guys, if you guys didn't peep that when you watched the episode. Um, and then last and certainly not least, I forgot to show you guys this when I was talking about Ellie and Steven, but remember when Ellie was doing her photo shoot when we're not Ellie and Steven, Alina and Steven, this is from Alina's Instagram from the photo shoot that she did while we saw the episode on Sunday. 
I think she's beautiful and super sweet. She seems kind of kind. And you guys all be nice to her now, okay? You know how you guys can get. I know we're one big family here, but let's not scare away the new people, okay? Let's not scare away the new people yet. Let them have a season, okay? And on that note, you guys, thank you so much, C. Cruz. Appreciate you so much for the support. Guys, I will be back tomorrow for all things Love in Paradise. It is the season finale, as well as I have to catch up on Love After Lockup. So I'll be doing two episodes back to back in one sitting. So see you guys all tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your Labor Day. Don't forget to hit that thumbs up and bye for now.